You know, I use that because during Super Bowl week, there... Are we battling to click? Okay. <laughs> um, you know, that video, the week before the Super Bowl, the teams are basically swamped with interviews. People asking for questions, and then the media, what they're really good at is finding one little snippet and writing that. Like, you know, man, I really wish that we could play good. They take good. They're like, man, they said that you weren't good. It's like, no, I didn't say that. Let's, let's watch the rest. You know, it's very similar to how when we read scriptures, we could easily take something and lose sight of it. But right there, the, as the Eagles are getting interviewed, they're giving credit to the Patriots. They're a great team. They said they don't make very, very many mistakes. They don't beat themselves. You know, it's a David and Goliath moment because you have a dynasty. They've won tons of Super Bowls. And then you have the Eagles who are going in with a backup quarterback as their starter. You know, somebody that hasn't had a good year. And now he's coming out and actually performing. But we could look at that on paper and be like, Tom Brady, Nick Foles. It's very lopsided. Very lopsided. But, you know, that's where, again, they ride that. You know, the Eagles have been called underdogs all season long. Nobody expected them to make it this far. And what did they do? They embraced it. You saw the dog masks. That was because two players decided to wear it after a game because it was against the Falcons that they actually did that. I'm not bashing on Aaron. Not at all. He has a great team. They're going to be doing great things in the future. I'm being honest. But again, do how do we embrace when we're put up with a challenge, do we, like it talked about Saul, when, they, when the Philistines talked, they were dismayed, troubled? Or do we actually look at it and be like, it's all good? Do you believe you can? Let's keep reading. So 1 Samuel chapter 17, starting in verse 26. David asked the men standing near him, What will be done for the man who kills the Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? They repeated to him what they had been saying and told him, This is what will be done for for the man who kills him. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking, he burned with anger and asked, Why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the desert? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. I love this. Now what have I done? Said David. Can't I even speak? He then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter. And the men answered him as before. What David said was overheard and reported to Saul, and Saul sent for him. David said to Saul, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Wow. Let no one lose heart. Again, David was out there. He was told by his dad to go and take some snacks to his dad or his brothers on the, on the battle line. 
And his older brother is just like, what are you doing here? Are you just here to watch what's going to happen? But nothing's been happening. Like when you read that, every day they're coming out. Goliath comes out and they, I'm trying to move as fast as I can. Um, So they flee the situation. And his brother's like, what are you even doing here? Like, you're conceited. I mean, there's probably siblings that are like that, too. I remember when I was growing up, anytime my sister would come into my room, like, what are you doing in here? Get out. No, leave. You know, and I know a lot of you guys have seen that either in your children or are either the receiver of that or maybe you're the giver of that type of mentality. But right here, you see what David's focused on. He's like, this guy is trash-talking us. He defied God. And you're going to let that happen? David believed because what happened just a chapter before. David was the chosen one. God chose David because of his heart. I mean, that's what David was known for, right? A man after God's own heart. It wasn't because he was the strongest person, wasn't the oldest brother, which is what traditions say. But he was filled right here. He knew what was right, which is up there. My third point is reap the victory. So the Eagles, this is their third Super Bowl appearance in 52 years. Before, before the Super Bowl, there was world champions. And the Eagles have those. We have a pretty good amount of world champions or world championships. But a Super Bowl, the Lombardi Trophy, that's something that the, the Eagles have never had. You know, and I've told Michelle, we've joked around saying, man, you know, like, when the Eagles win the Super Bowl, when, when, when? It's tough being an Eagles fan. (laughs) You know, the city of Philly, great food, history, but can never finish. But this year, there's something different. They're finishing what they start. You know, even hearing them speak, they're finishing what they start. We just read what David said. Don't lose heart. I will go. So we're going to continue reading. Verse 33, Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a boy, and he has been a fighting man from his youth. Now, I'm going to pause right there. How does he know that, that he's been a fighting man since he was young? Like, there's no background on that. So, again, he's being led by his thoughts. Like, this guy has to. I mean, look at what he's carrying. Look at how he looks. He must know what he's doing. I don't know if Goliath is, like, swinging his sword or twirling his staff, maybe messing around with his javelin. I don't know. Like, that's pure skill. You know, but he's telling David, you can't do this. You're a boy. You have zero talent. Verse 34. But David said to Saul, 
your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord, who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Wow. To go up to a a king, that's like, you can't do nothing, and show what he's about to do. Like, wait, so you're saying that this little boy right here can't handle a lion? Well, I did that. What about the bear? Yeah, I handled him too. (laughs) What have you done? You know, but that's what's happening. He remembers that. He believed. You know, the Lord will rescue. When you're in your fights, do you think like that? Man, God has saved me. God has put this brother, this sister in my life. Man, remember when I was going through hardships this last year? Look at where I'm at today. I never thought I was going to get through that. God, God rescued you. But the story's not over. We're going to hop down to 42. So, talking about Goliath, look David over and saw that he was only a boy, ruddy and handsome, and he despised him. Again, looking at appearance, he said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Today I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. I love that. Again, I'm not really capable of running but to run toward the fight while everybody, as we have read, they've only backed up. They've only hid in their ranks, hid behind the numbers. You know, I played football in high school, but I got afraid because one of my best friends, Lionel, he's a linebacker. I played wide receiver. He was, we were playing, and he went in for a tackle against the running back and got leveled. And he was laid out. And I remember him getting carted off the field. 
because he couldn't move. And I was like, wait, that's my friend. I was like, he's the one supposed to be dishing hits, and I'm the one receiving hits. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to quit. I'm going to stop. You know, with Lionel, he went to the, the doctor, and they, he ends up, he's fine. He's able to move 100% fine. But they told him if the guy was one pound heavier, he would have been paralyzed. Again, this is my friend who's supposed to be the one hitting everybody. And I'm a wide receiver getting hit by everybody, depending on if my quarterback's going to lead me to get blown up or if he's going to basically overthrow me so I could act like I'm trying to do something but not really going to get it. Um, we didn't have all the rules and everything that they have now. Um, but again, like, that scared me. You know, we can be in full pads, full protection, but one slip-up can scare us. Right here, you see David, he's not focused on any of that. He already knew. He's like, I don't care how big your sword is, I don't care how good you are with a javelin or a spear, it's like, God's going to beat you. God's going to beat you. It's God's victory. It's not my victory. Let's keep reading. Verse 49. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. That was God's plan. You know, we jumped over some of the story, but Saul basically is like, here, you need this, you need this, you need that, you need that. But he had no movement. He knew, like, hey, you know what? When I fought the lion, when I fought the bear, I didn't have any of this fancy stuff. All I had was what God provided me with. You guys are fully equipped to fight Satan. That trophy that I had showed, the Lombardi trophy, that's an everyday victory. Whether your battle's in purity, maybe you've never been victorious in that. One day is a victory. One day will turn into two, which will turn into three. Which will, honestly, when you decide and you start getting on this win streak, you can't be stopped. That was a big turning point. Maybe it's addiction. I know about that personally. That's happened in my family. And how you get dependent on that stuff. And it's not even like where you're thinking about it. It's just something that you need to do because you've built that routine God doesn't, God is enough. David saw that. You know, I don't know what battles you guys face on your day, day to day. But I guarantee if you're focused on what God says, you believe what he's capable of doing, you guys will be reaping victory too. You know, I'm super pumped that the Eagles are in the Super Bowl. Super pumped. I've been trying to stay humble this whole season. I really have. The best part about it is hearing what, what's happening. 
They're here because of the unity that they've built, the trust that they've put in each other. You know, it's cool because when you start to actually read about different players, you find out what they're about. You know, a brother sent me this clip of our starting tight end. And he was like, man, I had Bible study last week. And, you know, it was awesome. You know, this is what it's all about. It's about spreading the word, making disciples. I was like, what? This guy's talking about what? But then you hear about, you know, everybody knows Carson Wentz, starting quarterback. He ends up basically tearing his LCL and ACL against the Los Angeles Rams. It was a great tackle on a a scoring drive that was called back. So it's almost one of those things that you're like, dang, you got hurt for no reason. But he's been standing by his faith all season long. And that's been super encouraging. They're like, are you going to get a Carson Wentz jersey? Nah, man. Like, quarterbacks, those guys can easily get hurt, which did. Get traded, which happens. And so I'm not thinking about, but Carson Wentz, that's when the doubt started to really become real. But what is Carson Wentz doing? As soon as he gets back, he's like, you know what? This is God's plan. I'm going to come back stronger, faster, and we're going to do stuff next season. Our backup quarterback, Nick Foles, no, I really don't like the guy. <laughs> Reason being is because he hasn't really been the greatest of quarterbacks. He's not Carson Wentz. But what I, did, what I learned recently was when he wasn't playing football, this off, like before the Eagles picked him back up, he was training to be a pastor. I'm like, okay, let's go, spiritual team. Um, <laughs> Focused on the Lord. Win or lose, like that video, it's all about God. You know, I know that some of you guys aren't, aren't into sports, which is fine. But the best way to put that to see it is honestly looking at sports. Now, I'm not saying become a fan. If you want to be an Eagles fan, I got gear. I got tons. <laughs> I was thinking about, like Aaron had shared, this is going to be a long series because I was going to go through wardrobe changes left and right. Um, But the reality is, this is a battle, guys. You're on one side. And you get to choose what happens. God has already set you up with a playbook. Right here. Now, for those of you that maybe are either visiting for the first time or you're, de- you're on the fence of, should I study, should I not? I want This is kind of interesting. I need to learn more. Talk to somebody that knows. You know, the only reason I got into football was because my uncle. You know, that was my father figure growing up. And he loved football, so I loved football. He got hit once, decided to quit. I got hit. Well, my friend got hit, and I decided to quit. But I think back every single time. When I look back at high school, I'm like, man, I should have stayed in it. Because the next year, we actually won city title. I'm like, that could have been me. (laughs) You know, every day, guys, there's a battle. Even as soon as we walk out of these doors, there's a battle. Maybe it's a battle for getting the last dip at the supermarket. Take the humble route. Just let somebody else get it. 
God is bigger than Super Bowls. God is bigger than World Cups. God is bigger than every single thing that we concern ourselves with. And I promise you, if you start to study out God's playbook, I promise you that you guys are going to be holding up a trophy. Maybe it doesn't look like that fancy trophy. All I want is one. That's all I want is one. But again, it's how do we turn these things into spiritual learning? You know, on paper, as soon as Ron gave me the call, well, he texted me um, two weeks ago. He's like, well, you guys... You guys are in the Super Bowl, so you're going to preach. I'm like, all right, this could be good or this could be bad. Because last year Aaron preached and look at what happened. So that's, no, no, you got, it's because you guys aren't up here. If your team's in the Super Bowl, you might be asked to preach and you're going to be scared because you don't know if the same thing's going to happen. Now, I can tell you, if the Eagles lose today, Whoever's team's in the Super Bowl and Ron's like, hey, you want to preach? No, no, thank you. No, no. God is bigger, but no. Satan is going to come after you guys. We have to know our opponent. We have to know that he's out there. We have to know that he's coming after you every single day. Every single minute, there is no safe zone. Even in here, maybe there's relationships that you're just like, I need to stay away, or church is about to be out, I'm bouncing. No, you guys, know your opponent. That's what Satan wants. The second thing, believe. God has a plan for each and every one of you guys. Whether you've been a disciple for 30 years, 30 plus, if you're debating on being a disciple... God has a plan for you. The third thing, if you're focused on God, you're going to reap the victory. I promise you that. I'm so excited about how my life has turned out because of God. That's not my playbook. I would have cut things out. But no, God has that for a reason. It's to make you better, stronger, and faster. I ask you guys, Are you guys ready for battle? Because the battle is real, and the battle is happening every single day. As you guys leave today, my hope, my prayer, is that you guys can go into battle with your heads held high, not matter about you being an underdog, but knowing that God is capable. So at this time, we're going to go ahead and stand and sing one final song.